the presence of the Lord. If you didn't get your dance in, then you'll have to wait till next Sunday. <laughs> That's all right. God is good. God is good. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. What we're going to get right into the word is a lot to be done today. But at the same time, one of the things we want to make sure of, and that is that you, um, not only you get an opportunity to enjoy the vertical relationship of worship, but also that you enjoy, and it's a very important, the horizontal relationship of the fellowship and communion. So please join us down uh, in the lower sanctuary with uh, food and refreshments and of course meeting people. We know a number of you are new to this area and we want you to find this place uh, as one of the most friendliest places in the Boston area because I was born in this area, and I know this area can be very unfriendly. And so we want to make sure that you are feeling welcome. God is good, is he not? Can we praise God for the praise team? And Amen. Amen. Thank you for leading us into the transformative presence of God. Well, Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30 and I am reading from the message translation by Dr. Eugene Peterson some of you are familiar with it you can also see it, this particular translation on biblegateway.com which has various translations if you're looking for various other translations of the scripture where you can find online and uh, Dr. Peterson translates Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, uh, this way. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Of course, after worshiping, you were. Burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, me being Jesus. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take Real rest. Could everybody say rest? Real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, I love this part, learn the unforced rhythms of grace or the unforced rhythms of favor. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, keep company with me, me being Jesus, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. And we continue with what Paul's praying in Ephesians chapter 1. We pray that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will reveal Jesus to us this afternoon. And everybody say, Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, again, we're talking about, from my title, Just Press Pause. Just Press Pause. Can you tell somebody, just press pause? Just press pause. Now, when you look at the context of this sermon, uh, particularly this scripture, the first thing you need to understand is that when you read the Bible, the the Bible is divided up into uh, chapters and verses. But you've got to remember that some of these books in the Bible were either uh, historical reports or letters, which are called epistles. So it's very important for you to understand that 
when they were originally written, there were no chapters and there were no verses. Chapters and verses were put in later so that'll make it easier to read and also to quote. So for example, when you write an email to somebody, you, know, you, you don't say, uh, dear John, and that's verse one, and how was your day, verse two. Hope everything is well, verse three. No, you just write the email. And I say that because when Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest, it's within the context, and the context is not so much the beginning of Matthew chapter 11, but he is starting a subject on rest, which he will continue into chapter 12 of Matthew. Can you say amen? And so what's happening here is Jesus is saying, come to me and get rest. But then he is going to show us examples, watch this, of unrest. For chapter 12, he meets religious people. And he's using the first 10 verses of chapter 12 to show us how, as human beings, we can mess up God's plan for rest. We have a tendency always, sadly, of taking the beautiful things of God and making it, making those things of God into a mess. So chapter 12 starts out with Jesus and his disciples, his, his homeboys, his, his buddies, they, they are going through a field and they're hungry. But of course, it's a Sabbath day and they stop breaking off uh, some wheat uh, kernels. Yeah, sort of like uh, our version of, say, you know, M&Ms or Reese's. Or, and, they, and they're just snacking. And as they're snacking, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, and we have Pharisees in our lives, help us, Jesus. We have Pharisees in the church. What is a Pharisee? A Pharisee is a person who says things are fair only the way I see them. Woo! It's fair only the way I see it. And if I don't see it that way, then as far as I'm concerned, it's out of bounds. So as they're eating snacks on the Sabbath, the Pharisees, better known as the no fun police, like, no, 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 hey, 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 Jesus, your disciples are breaking the rules. They should not be working on Sabbath. And then a man who is physically impaired, he's in the church, better known as the synagogue. And Jesus sees this man who has been handicapped, impaired, in his uh, arm all his life, and Jesus has come up here, and Jesus healed, and Jesus looks to the, the Pharisees, and he says, hey dudes, is it good to do good on the Sabbath, or is it, or should I do evil on the Sabbath? And they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. So Jesus heals the man's hand on the Sabbath. And they say, oh, Jesus, you're doing work because healing is work. Healing is work. Dr. Jesus, healing is work. And Jesus says, you all are a bunch of hypocrites because if your uh, mule, if your donkey, if your uh, uh, cow, fell in a ditch on the Sabbath, you would pull that animal off. But when it comes to a human being, you got your rules. Mm. We tend to mess up what God wants to do to bless us. And then Jesus said, you know, you all think you're making up the rules about the Sabbath. 
But let me tell you something. And in verse 8 of chapter 12, he says, Dudes, I own the Sabbath. I am King Kong. Oh, okay. And he says in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, it says, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for the benefit of human beings. The Sabbath was made for you and I. What do you mean by that? The Bible tells us that six days God used to create the heavens and the earth. And then the Bible said he was, he saw that it was good and he was finished. Say finished. He was finished. And then he makes a seventh day called a day of rest. And he says, we're going to have seven days in a week. Now, you may say, why are you going through this? Oh, you wait till we get to the end. You're going to say, oh, Jesus, I wish I was never at this service. But it's going to help you. Now, if it was up to us as human beings, a week would be six days. Because after all, after the sixth day, God was finished. But he made a seventh day that he called Sabbath, and he said, this day of rest will be a part of your entire week. Folks, God didn't make a day to rest because he was tired. Tell the person next to you, God made a day of rest for you. And if you took a rest, I'm just looking at the clock, you wouldn't be sleeping in church. I only can't. Can't. Only messing with you. No, I'm not. If you took a day of rest, watch this, you wouldn't sit here being restless. Some of you, if you left this device at home, some of you have what I call ping crack. Ping opioids. Every time your phone vibrates a ping, you are Pavlov's, Pavlov's Christian. Mm, mm. Ooh, you are preaching up in here. Yes, I am. This word rest, as I said last week, it is, it is a, when he says, I will, you will find rest for your soul, which means that it is my responsibility to find rest. God is not going to put rest in the open where you don't have to search for it. And so when he says, when you find rest, the, the Greek word, as I said last week, is anaposis, from which we see the word pause in it. And so when Jesus talks about rest, and I use this word, I use the acronym CARE for us to remember what this Greek word rest means, because we are respond God created rest for our care, but we have to administer, that is regulate our own self-care. Amen. We have to regulate our own self-care. When I went on sabbatical, some of you know I was on a three-month sabbatical, and I had a sabbatical advisor who I held myself accountable to, and I remember after six weeks, the first two weeks, because I was out of the country, we met through Zoom, the first four weeks, and then when I returned back to the States, he saw me and said, man, Brian, you look so good. You look rested. And I, the first thing I was like, I said, did I look that bad? He said, you have no idea how bad you looked. And I say this because I'm going to give you a hint. Your body, your physical body, knows that there's something wrong before your brain gets it. For example, emotionally, if you're under stress, 
your physical body will start doing things like snapping at people, being irritable, everything gets on your nerves. Some of you are like, gee, that sounds like my regular life. Well, I'm preaching to you right now. You, 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 and, and we are not, we were not created to run 24-7. We are not machines. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to constantly get this in your, your brain, in your heart, where, where Jesus says you need to rest. You need to administer self-care. And again, this word rest, it, it mean, I use the acronym CARE, meaning C meaning cease. A mean arrest. R means recreate or recreation. Some of you, it's almost like you were in the non-fun, F-U-N, the non-fun jail. Like everything is serious with you. No wonder you have no friends. Only kidding, only kidding, only kidding, only kidding, only kidding. I'm saying that to you because I'm talking about myself. Everything is serious. I gotta seek God. People are dying and going to hell. There's no time for fun. There's an earthquake and such and such. There's a and God is like, are you God? When you do not rest, you are acting as if you're God. Turn your neighbor and say, neighbor. Cut it out. I'm, God is going to set you free from the work jail. And watch this. And not and, mm, work is not your job. Work is what you do. Your works. Because he, and we'll talk about this uh, later in the month. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, he or she who has entered into God's rest has ceased from doing his own works. And God is saying, oh, I'm preaching right now. God is saying, when you rest, I will do the rest. But when you stop resting, God says, okay, go on, go on, go on. Knock yourself out. And you will knock yourself right into a hospital right into a nervous breakdown because you were not created to carry burdens. Jesus says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast your cares upon him. And I would throw it, but I need this. Cast your cares, throw them away. Where? On him. The translation is actually to say when you carry your burdens, Roll it on to Jesus. Oh, God wants to set you free. We got to find rest. And the final E of care is exhale. We'll talk about that later. The thing I want to encourage you about is that this thing about rest and finding rest, and I shared last week that God says, oh, I'm so excited. God says that you will um, uh, find rest. And Somebody said this to me, it was very powerful, said, you cannot earn favor. I believe John Maria, Maria said this. You cannot earn favor. You, you cannot do anything that you're going to earn the favor of God. But you can find favor. You can't earn favor, but you can find it. And the way you find, in other words, in other words favor is preferential treatment. Favor is basically saying, God says, I just choose you. Well, is it because of my fasting? Is it because I'm being a good person? Is it, no, 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 no. You, you, your works have nothing to do with how I'm going to bless you. I just choose you. Now, I have this lovely uh, message Bible. And, um, young lady, could you stand up in the, in the baby blue? Yes, I don't even know your name. I don't even know who you are. But I saw the way you were worshiping. And so what? You know what? I'm just going to give this Bible to you. Okay? 
Okay? I'm going to give this message Bible to you. Okay? Don't worry about the name. It's yours. Okay? 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 Because one of the things I want to do also is... <laughs> I'm going to bless you. I, I, I'm going to set you free. Okay? And what do you mean? Mean to me. You need to buy a Bible. A Bible. You know why? Because this device... You'll be reading your scripture and getting into the Lord. All of a sudden, ping! Okay? So you don't have to feel guilty. Is it, and online, you don't have to feel guilty. Is anybody like me, you are reading the scriptures, and, it, and all of a sudden, an alert, and a notification pops up, and you say, well, let me just peek. And the peek becomes 20 minutes, 30, can I get any... Any other people need to repent like me? Now, some of y'all are deep. That's all right. I'm going to talk to the sinners over here. Okay, only kidding. But my point is, is that there's no pings or alerts in a regular Bible. In fact, the only alert is the Holy Spirit who says, and read this other scripture. Got to find favor. The Bible says that Noah found favor with God. That's why he did not get destroyed in the 40 days or 40 nights of rain. Joseph found favor even in prison. Mary found favor. Out of all the teenagers who could have been chosen to, to bring forth Jesus, she found favor. Jesus not only found favor in Luke chapter 2, verse uh, uh, 40 and 52, but he also grew in favor. And we, every day, if we want to, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we can, we can come to the throne of grace. One translation says the, the throne of favor where we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, the way you find favor is you got to look for it. And Luke, sorry, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 5 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he may, may be near. This is Isaiah 55, verse 6. Verse 7 says, let the righteous man forsake his, let, let the unrighteous man forsake his thought. In other words, if you're going to find what God has for you, you got to get rid of your own thinking. He goes on to say, and uh, why? Because my thoughts, God says, is, uh, is bigger than your thoughts, and my ways are greater than your ways. Mm. Hallelujah. So Jesus is showing people how to rest. And when he talks about the Sabbath, I'm almost finished here. Oh boy. <laughs> when he talks about the Sabbath, it's not like he's talking about some thing in the nebula. He's talking about something that God established in Exodus chapter 20. Let me read it for you. Are you still with me? Okay. That was three of you. Are you still with me? Okay, good, good. And God spoke, this is, this is God speaking in Exodus chapter 20. He says, all of these words, God spoke all of these words. Not some of these words, say all. All of these words, all these words. And he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. I brought you out of the house of bondage. I brought you out of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me or ahead of me. Verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy or keep it different. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. In it you shall do no work. No work. It's quiet in here, Carmen. You, nor your males, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your pets, nor your strangers who are within your gate. Nobody's to work. For in six days the Lord worked. He made the heavens, he made the earth, he made the sea. And everything that's in them. And he rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. He will bless the day. He will bless the time that you take off to rest. 
Rest is a blessing from God. Rest is a blessing from God. I'm not talking about sleep. I'm talking about rest. Oh, my. This is heavy now. When God... The, this is good. Elder Kim even likes this. This is good. The word Sabbath is not even introduced in the scriptures until the book of Exodus. Why is that so important? God sees his people who have been slaves 400 years, never getting a day off. And the second thing he does after he releases them and says, I'm going to put in a rule that from now on, you are to take a day of rest. Wow. Because some of you, school has become your slave master. Your job has become your slave master. Your family, your, 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 your vision, your career. And God is saying, I command you to rest. And sadly, and I'm talking about me, point to me and say he's talking about himself. God said, stop reading Exodus 20 as if it's the nine commandments. It is quiet in this Pentecostal church. Thank you. It's like we look at the Sabbath commandment and say, well, thou shalt not steal. Oh. Thou shalt not covet thy uh, uh, neighbor's wife. Oh. Thou shalt not lie. Huh? Thou shalt not kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thou shalt not have any gods before me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thou shalt keep the Sabbath. Doesn't God know I have to work? Doesn't God know I have to study? God says, do it another day. Don't worry, I'm going to help you out. Turn to your name and say, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Because some of you, right, you, you, you're feeling kind of tight right now. Like, you're like, hmm. Oh, my. And so, I want to encourage you to just, just, just press pause. So I'm home. Listen to my music and just just having a good time. And all of a sudden, bing bing! Ding dong! Ding! Oh, hello. Yeah, um, sir, we'd like to say, oh no, sorry. Um, I'm, not interested, but thank you very much. Uh, you have a great day. Okay, so I will shut the door, get back into my kitchen, and just. This is what something you need to do. Just press pause on your life and stop. Preach, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. You, see, see, I don't understand. This is great news. If someone said, hey, you want a free trip to, 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 to I don't know, uh, to, to France or to, to Italy. Oh, yeah, we went to Italy. It was a wonderful place. Uh, uh, or, or to your, whatever you want to go. You'd be like, yeah, woo-hoo. But God said, you've, you've won a free trip to rest. Because right now, some of you are looking at me and saying, I don't believe this. And guess what? I'm a main culprit. But I'm going to help you with something. Look at this picture here. Show this image here. So, Okay, I guess. Well, 
I sent a picture. <laughs> and it was a picture of me and my wife. I was 24, and she was 22. Ah, there it is. Look at that. I would tell you, I was clean. <laughs> and she, yes, she was. And so we, we, this was 40 years ago. I was, I was 24. And as you can see, my, my brother-in-law, he, he, he was from Hollywood, and he's, he um, is a photographer, so he was putting that Hollywood thing in there. His, and I'm leaning and looking at uh, Lady Carmen, envisioning what life is going to be like. And I'm looking at this picture at 64, and I'm looking at that 24-year-old me. And I'm saying to myself, what have I learned now that I wish that guy would have knew, know, would have known 40 years ago? And I want to encourage you that for this next four months, I'm going to treat you, or God's going to treat you like that 24-year-old guy. And we're going to share some things of what I wish I learned when I was your age. What I, what I wish I learned about money, finances. What I wish I learned about health. And I want to let you know that I wish that 24-year-old guy knew what I'm talking to you about now. I remember my, my mom used to have these little coasters with these sayings on them. And one of the coasters, I'll never forget, I'm eight years old, but I'll never forget, it said, do not take life too seriously because you're never going to get out of it alive. You think about that. And my point is, is that, yes, I know that you may not be able to take a whole day off, but repeat after me. I can start with three hours. Start with three hours. See, I'm a, and, and see, the Lord spoke to me and says, your church, your congregation will not learn how to rest until you learn how to rest. And you can't teach people how to rest, Brian Green, if you're not resting. So God started nailing me. So I actually started a Sabbath about three years ago. Friday is my Sabbath. But after taking my sabbatical, God is saying, no, I want you to really, I, there's some things that you do on Fridays that I want you to stop doing. And the only thing I do on Friday is I, I, I'm, I'm dating this 86-year-old woman. She is fly as fly can be. Uh, I know it sounds like a no, sorry, honey, for cheating on you. Actually, I'm not cheating on you. She said, my mother, I take her on a date every Friday. We go on a date, you know, and yeah. My mom was my, before we grew, uh, uh, my mom was the only employee of the church, and besides me. So it was wonderful, she was the secretary, and they knew that I couldn't be running run away with the secretary because it was my mom, so she kept me safe. Yeah. It's okay to laugh, y'all are like, y'all are so hooked on that three hours that you gotta find. But Friday, God says, you need to rest. You need to rest. You need to, whatever you're doing, press the button and stop. I guarantee you, when you do that, God is going to start doing things that you couldn't do on your own. Press the pause button. Cease. Now, let's think about this thing, arrest. Arrest. What, what, what do you mean arrest? And, well, I know that rest is in arrest. And so the Lord started showing me a picture, and he said, you know what? Seeing that you are the, the uh, chaplain of the Cambridge police, why don't you get a pair of handcuffs? Now, the funny thing is, I remember years ago, I used an illustration of handcuffs. But I, 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 I wasn't, back then, I wasn't the, uh, the chaplain of the Cambridge police department. So I bought, you know, fake handcuffs like at a, at a joke store. I got the real one. I, I didn't realize that these were, these, these are heavy. 
And the Lord said to me, when a person is handcuffed, 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 that means that they, they're, the, the police want them to stop hand action, stop doing works with your hands. And some of us, we've seen the movies where, they, where the police or the FBI, they're going to get another criminal and they say, handcuff yourself to this pole. Why? So you can't move. And God is saying, you and I, let's all stand, I'm finished now, let's all stand. You and I need to put ourselves under arrest. This week, God is saying, press pause. Find, some of you can do more than three hours, but find a time where you say, this goes off. And I'll say, well, I found the time is between 2 a.m. and 5 in the morning. No, no, we're not talking about that. You think you're, all, you think you're slick. No, 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 no. We're talking about time that you, your eyeballs are open and you could actually be doing something else, but you have decided it stops. And watch and see what God would do. I wish somebody told me this when I was younger. Years from now, you're going to thank God for this message. Trust him. Thank you, Jesus. Can we, right now, just for one minute, even if you're having a hard time struggling with this, thank God on credit, knowing that you needed to hear. Take, take a minute just to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. I honor you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will be less anxious if we would rest. We would be less irritable if we would rest. We would avoid nervous breakdowns and maybe even some of the medications for some of us, if we would rest. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed before we pray for our students and teachers and let you go. <sighs> Jesus is saying, if you, if you never received him into your life, he's saying, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will I'll remove this restlessness that you have. Will I get a job when I get out of school? When, well, will I get finances to pay this loan? Will I get finances? I gotta get the scholarship to stay in school. Will I pass my, you know, my LSATs? Will I pass my medical exam? What will, will I will Will I make it, Lord? Will I get married? Will I have children? Well, all these things you're worried about, and God is saying, if you would just discipline yourself to incorporate in your life a Sabbath rest, watch what I do. But before you can even do that, come to me. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you had a religious experience. Maybe you're seeking higher power and all those other things, but maybe you even joined the church, but God said, no, I want you to come to me. I want you to give your life to me. If you've never done that before, I want to include you in this final prayer because Jesus wants to change your life. He want, He said, he said, I will show you the unforced rhythms where life doesn't have to be forced. I'll give you rest. 
I'll give you rest. The anxiety, the worry, the frustration, the looking at your past and saying, oh, if I only didn't make that mistake, I would be, God is saying, I can repair all that if you come to me. So as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here and say, Bishop Brian, could you, could you pray with me? I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, could you just raise your hand high so I know who I'm praying for? You've never received. God bless you. I see that hand. Any other? God, wow. God bless you. I see it. Could you keep that hand? Keep your hands up high. Again, I'm not having you come up here, but uh, we want to give you some material, but we also want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Okay, keep your hand high because you're signaling to God. God, I'm over here. I'm over here. I want to come to you. Now, I want everybody to say this prayer so that the people who have their hands up are not self-conscious, meaning, oh, everybody's listening to me. No, we're all going to do this together, but we're doing this on behalf of you. Those of you who are raising your hands, you're, you're praying this also to God because you're giving your life to him. So everybody say these words with me. Dear Lord, I come to you this afternoon, and I admit, Lord, that I need you. And I'm asking you, forgive me for all the wrong I've done in the past. Forgive me for how I live my life without you. Jesus, your word says, whoever calls on you, you will save. So Jesus, I'm calling on you. I'm calling on you. Come into my life. And make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. I know right now I'm God's child. Now, if you believe that, come on, let's give God a standing ovation for those of you who raised your hand. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to give you more material to help you in your walk with God. Amen. Please be seated. Because now we're going to pray. If you, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna call the leaders first, meaning that if you are a teacher, I want a teacher or a professor, an educator, could you stand right now? And um, the welcome team is coming up with some oil. If you don't have any oil, they'll give you some oil. Again, if you're a teacher, an educator, we want you to stand because we want to include you in this prayer. Now we're going to do two things. We're going to do a general prayer over your life. But also, also, we're going to put on our website a prayer that you can say over yourself every day. When I wake up, I have oil on my night table to, to anoint my mind. Anoint means simply, it really actually means just a smear oil on your head. And this oil represents the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? And I place it on my forehead as a reminder. There's no power in the oil, but it's just a reminder to me and I'm saying to God, that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is made available to me because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I've been doing this regularly since the beginning of my Sabbath, which has been about three months now. I'm going on four. And I'll be honest with you. I, I, I try to do things before I tell you about them because I want to make sure it works. But I, I'm seeing my thinking change. It's a wonderful thing to see. You, you cannot go where your mind will not go. And so as I've been laying hands on my own head, and I actually do it when I wake up, I, I, I make, now I make a sign of the cross, you don't have to, but I, I, I anoint my head, and I know my heart, because Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, out of your heart flows your issues. I think it was Maya Angelou said, 
when someone says something about you, believe them the first time. Because out of the abundance, you're going to say what's in your heart sooner or later. So I anoint my heart because I want to make sure that the thoughts of my heart are not creating anxiety and not having me say things that I shouldn't say. So I want you to anoint yourself right now. And I want to pray this prayer over you. Keep your hand on your forehead because this is, I want you to practice this. Holy Spirit, I'm praying for you right now. Holy Spirit, teach every one of us all that we need to know during this school year because through you, we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, Holy Spirit, keep us free in our thinking and in our emotions to all that God intended us to be according to his plan. During this school year, Holy Spirit, help us to overcome anything that stands in the way of God's purpose and plan for our lives. Holy Spirit, according to the scriptures, even as we put our hands on our head, keep our minds on that which is true. Keep our minds on things that are honorable, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are gracious, things that are commendable, things that are excellent, and things that are worthy of God's praise. Thank you, Father God, for blessing us during this school year with everything that we need to be successful in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Students, could you stand? Students of all ages, whether you're in preschool all the way up to post-grad, you're a student. I also want you to take the oil and again, anoint your head. And as I said before, we're going to put on a website uh, this week, or today probably, a prayer that you could say every day over your mind. I'm telling you this works. I'm telling you this works because God answers all prayer. And again, I want to remind you that this oil that you're putting on your head and just keep your hand, keep your hand on your head. This oil that you place on your forehead represents the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that's made available in our lives because of the precious death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Holy Spirit, teach every one of us in this room all that we need to know during the school year. Because through you, Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Therefore, Holy Spirit, keep us free in our thinking and our emotions to be all that God intended us to be according to God's plan. During this school year, can you say this school year? Help us to overcome anything that stands in the way of God's plan and purpose for our lives. Holy Spirit, according to the scriptures, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, keep our minds on things that are true, not lies. Keep our minds on things that are honorable. Keep our minds on things that are right things that are pure, things that are gracious, things that are commendable, things that are excellent, things that are worthy of God's praise. Thank you, Father God, for blessing us during this school year with everything that we need, everything that we need, everything that we need to be successful in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. And everybody say, amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being with us. Again, I want to remind you that downstairs, we want to get an opportunity to meet you, connect with you. We were trying to make sure that you, um, you can find a church community. No pressure. There are wonderful other churches here, but we want, to know, want you to know that you are welcome. You are special. 
Now, if you're new to this church, we don't end with a closing prayer. We end with a closing blessing. The word blessing, one of the definitions of the word blessing is to speak words to empower a person for success. And we want to empower you with a successful week. And so we borrow this blessing from the Apostle Paul, who gave this blessing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. So could you put your hands out? This is how we receive the blessing. And we put our hands out because James chapter 1, verse uh, 17, 21, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. This is not a figment of our imagination. The Lord wants to bless you. Amen. Could you just say this with me? The Lord wants to bless me. Oh yeah, he wants you to be successful, but successful in him. So may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of Father God, whether you're in this room or online, and the sweet fellowship, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and throughout all this entire week. And everybody say, I receive that blessing.